And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is Sir Patrick of House Lions. And on this podcast, we have got to get into some fun conversation. Well, hopefully on every podcast we get into fun conversation. I say this sometimes. You know, the other days we're normally just talking about, you know, kind of the, the boring things that we talk about. But there's actually, there, there's a hodgepodge of things that we want to get to up front here. There's some news around the league, a little bit more. Uh, thoughts on where DJ LeMayhew might end up, a few other things that we got to talk about before we get into our big topic of the day, which will be some of our favorite calls from uh, some of our, some of, some of these people are in fact our friends uh, here in the, the media landscape, right? It, it's kind of fun. We get to basically celebrate some of the great work done by some people who have been uh, incredibly kind and gracious toward us and, and you know, that we've learned a lot from in this industry so the you know people doing tv and radio calls uh, you know them you love them and it was compiled by another one of our great friends and mentors in this industry sir thomas harding and so the fact that we basically get to just appreciate the work of all of these people today i think is going to make this a really fun podcast for rockies fans but first patrick we have to talk about the only thing that matters the single thing that matters the most in this world at this particular moment in time. And while you may think it's your prediction being correct and you continuing to be on a hot streak for your DraftKings pick of the week and Patrick Lyons is right about everything and if you listen to him, you'll make money. Sure, sure, sure. But not only did the NC Dinos win the KBO championship for the first time in their franchise history, they got this giant sword (laughs) for doing so. That's the single greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. That thing is massive. It cost reportedly about $150,000, which makes sense because the NC Dinos, my NC Dinos, and many of you out there listening, your NC Dinos, of course, that dinosaur enthusiasts, you know, we got to link up. So it was only a natural fit for the It all made sense. To pull for the Dinos, who are also an expansion team that has not been around forever. Um, 
And so NCSoft, a, a video gaming company, actually owns the NC Dinos. That's where the first part of these names come from over in you know Chinese Taipei, Japan, South Korea. They're owned by corporations, and so they don those names. And yeah, they, they got the job done. Uh, they, they, they beat the Giants and excuse me, the, the Doosan Bears in six games, and they got to raise this this magnificent sword. It's not a sword; it's a sword. That, that, that there is a sword. Big. It was. It's about like it looks like it's about six feet long. You know, it was pulled almost from a stone. It was. It was more of just a clear cube, but still, you could almost imagine something. It's, I'm pretty sure it's from League of Legends. So I know that's your kind. That's your world in there. But right. that was that really just made the celebration all the more sweeter. No champagne. Champagne would have been fine. That would have been neat. But instead, it only adds, I think, to the mythology of the KBO and baseball that's played in the Far East and this just kind of new world of baseball that I think a lot of American fans are finally paying attention to and are appreciating. So congratulations to the NC Dinos and all their players, a couple American guys, and and maybe we'll see a couple of those players over here in America in the next year or two. It should be interesting. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, my favorite NC Soft game going way back in the day was, of course, Guild Wars. Anybody who knows, but if you're into, they also do a lot of the uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So you're right. This was a thousand percent uh, up my alley. Like this was just <laughs> so th them taking out a big gigantic sword as a celebration. And as I, as you said, sword as their celebration, uh, I was just like, man, why are American sports so boring? Like, why, why has this never happened? Like it was, it, it was amazing to, to watch them. It, it, it almost looked like something out of game of Thrones <laughs> something like that. It was just this massive piece. And so, very much enjoyed it. Congratulations to the NC Dinos. Uh, happy for them. But really, more happy for the KBO and the absolute embracing of the, the love. Look how, how much fun they were having holding up that giant sword, man. I, I made the joke on Twitter today, but I'll double dip. Talk about a piece of metal. Indeed. It's a beautiful piece of metal. And it's, you know, I imagine it's probably about as heavy as, as the Stanley Cup. So it's it's something that eh, if you got a middle infielder that's, you know, more of a base dealer than a, a, than a doubles threat, you might want to give him a little support. You know, he might need a spotter to kind of hoist that thing up. And it, it, it was just such a good moment, too, because as you said, they, they made kind of a presentation out of it where uh, the the man in the center, I can only imagine it might it might have been Sung Bum Na. Um, uh, I didn't get a good look at, at who that was, but they all waited for him to get in the middle of the circle and they all kind of crouched down. And then all of a sudden, boom, there he rises from the midst of all these players. And, you know, it was like you said, you know, KBO was 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 put on blast in, in a positive way. All the eyes turned to them as the first league that was in action even before Japan. And, right. you know, a lot of players, you know, got a lot more appreciation than they might normally for this league that's probably considered double A or somewhere between double A and triple A. And you say, well, all right, you know, maybe these guys aren't going to have the same numbers when they come to America, but they still might have some value. And, you know, you think about, this time last year, Roberto Ramos, Ramos was a guy that wasn't added to the 40-man roster. And he says, all right, well, I want to go play baseball somewhere. I don't want to get a maybe anywhere. He decides to sign with the LG Twins, goes out, is second in the KBO in home runs, 38 bombs, 
uh, absolutely uh, amazing. Every 13 at bats, he hit a home run. So he had the he had the highest rate for any guy like that. And he kind of blows up on the scene where nationally people were talking about him. You know, back then in, in May and June when there really wasn't a lot of baseball going. I was going to say there wasn't anything and, else to talk about. And it's kind of cool that they're still going now. They're still going strong now. I know the. The, uh, oh, the Japan series is is about to to get started, I believe, pretty soon too. So we'll see if uh, Gerardo Parra's uh, Yamiuri Giants, you know, can uh, can can seal the deed as being the best team in the MPB this past season. So, but yeah, yeah, there you go. Just so much so much fun for the KBO. All right. We do have to move on, but final thing on the subject: which player in Colorado Rockies history would have looked the best lifting a giant sword? in celebration as opposed to anything else they may have lifted. I'm going to, this might surprise you. I'm going to go ahead and say Jamie Carroll, because I feel <laughs> like he'd have kind of link vibes. Yeah. And I think you'd appreciate that. Right. I can see, you know, like you could go big dude and go, well, maybe Willie Rosario. And, and he actually played a few years in the KB. Right. I was thinking like, Caraga, right. The shit. One of these Big guys who, if you put that sword in their hand and just like imagine some armor, you could see them as a knight of the realm. Like, but no, I I love your interpretation so much better. You're right, Jamie Carroll is the link of the group. Where you're like, can he even hold that thing up? And then suddenly he is, and you're like, oh, and the light shines, and it's. I had a mental block there because I go, well, the the guys you mentioned, like the all-time greats, well, they're never going to play in KBO. But that wasn't the question. Who no. would just look best lifting, <laughs> lifting up that sword? And it's like, okay, I, it actually probably would be Dante Bichette, especially if he had the mullet flowing. He would just look like a a, a Nordic god. You right. know, he would just be – he would look amazing. I, I, he would look amazing. Yeah. Well, Bichette the voting for Jason Giambi, that's a solid pick as well. Especially uh, yeah, if he's wearing the golden thong. Then yeah, oh, that, yeah. that might yeah. elevate it to another level. Give Jason Giambi the golden thong, a Breck brew, and a giant sword. See how he does. Uh, I think he's going to love the Breck brew just as much as I do. I bet you Jason Giambi's had a few Breck brews in his time. I'm sure he's well aware of the quality of product being delivered out there by the Breckenridge Brew Company, as well as I am, and as well as most of you are. You know, these holidays are coming up, and so it's time to stock up, whether you're going over to the liquor store, getting them out of King Supers. Uh, you can still, I think, swing by the farmhouse for some carryout. Of course, we know that everything out here in the Denver area currently locked down, so just do the carryout thing and get $5 off with that code DN. VR, but wherever you go, whether it's down at the farmhouse or just picking them up at the liquor store and stocking up for the holidays, you want to show off for maybe you got family that, that want a Colorado thing, you know, you want to show them that Palisade peach. I'll tell you what, show them that Palisade peach wheat beer. They will be stunned and amazed. The non-beer drinkers in your family, the people who every holidays are going for the wine or the cider or whatever. Ask them what they think about that Palisade peach wheat. I bet you you get very high positive results. It's delicious. Yeah, when in Colorado, you got to do Colorado things. And and the, the one thing that I love about being in Colorado is, is, is some of those quote-unquote cliched things just don't get old. You know, like it's, right. it's funny growing up in, in New Jersey. I don't – have I mentioned? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. But, but people ask like, oh, yeah, well, I'm sure you've already been, you know, to the – to the Statue of Liberty? No, never been there. Why? 
Why would I have gone there? You know, I, I live so close to it. Now yeah, I wish, you know, I would have gone at least once, but I think that could be a one and done thing, you know, checking out Ellis Island, you know, seeing where your ancestors came through, you know, uh, having, you know, family who, who uh, came over, migrated from, from Ireland. Sure. But, but doing the Colorado things. Yep. All right. Let's go on a great hike. Let's go up Mount Sinitas if we're up in Boulder. Yeah. Let's go to Breck Brew and, and, and let's drink some some Palisades peach wheat and supporting all of our local partners. Like that stuff just doesn't get old. Oh, you're going to go to a Rockies game? Yeah. I mean, not because I'm just a baseball fan. It's just a beautiful place to be outdoors, to be in the sun where people are. It's right. It doesn't get – it never gets old, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I see Will asking, uh, I don't know if we're doing any kind of delivery thing, though I would imagine those places like DoorDash, Uber Eats, I, I don't know how those things work. Uh, I know we got a, a carryout thing going on right now. So, um, you know, I, I'd have to, unfortunately, that is, that is a question for somebody else in the company. If you tweet at Lindsay, she'll know. If you follow Lindsay on Twitter, she'll know for sure the answer to that question. Uh, but if she doesn't, I'll get back to you on that doing the best we can to keep all those things going out there. Still going out there a little bit, Patrick, is the rumor mill as a, a couple of things. Well, one of these things, not a rumor, little bits of news about DJ LeMahieu. One thing that actually did happen today in the world of baseball is Charlie Morton signing with the Atlanta Braves, uh, who continue to, to build and build and build on that very, very solid core they've had for a while there. They've got a pretty damned impressive pretty young still starting rotation uh this addition is is a great gain for atlanta uh and uh you know i they they are quickly becoming i think the a second powerhouse in in the national league uh where for a while it really has been the dodgers and then whoever else each given year could step up and be that second team for the last seven years or so that's basically been the case in the national league and I think for the first time in a while, I'll be going into, you know, 2021 going the the Dodgers are, are the team to beat in the, in the NL as they always are. And the Braves are, are right there with them. This is a good team. I, I almost even thought, you know, this morning when that, that announcement came through that like, uh, you know what, Atlanta might be the team to beat wow. right now in, yeah, in the sure. national league, because I think that's, that's a major power shift with, with Morton signing there for one year, $15 million, especially after they had, had just added, Drew Smiley last year, uh, last week uh, at one year uh, at $11 million, which was a lot more, I think, than anybody expected. But the way he ended up pitching in, in the month of September has has a lot of people kind of thinking he's he's finally that player that that so many teams thought he was traded about three times. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, coming up at, during the early parts of his career because of his potential had, had Tommy John surgery and, you know, he, he hasn't pitched a lot of innings in the majors, but he's, he's, he's got over eight years of service time. And so, you know, things are finally coming together for him at, at 31 and that, that can be typical of a left-handed pitcher where it just takes that long for things to finally develop. So you add those guys to that rotation with the youngsters and Max Freed, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, you know, you, you even have, uh, Bryce Wilson and, and a couple right. other young starting pitchers, Kyle Muller. So basically you've got a seven man deep starting rotation. That is, that's real nice. And, and if you say, well, ah, Charlie Morton or Drew Smiley, they're, they're blocking your four and five starters. They're, they're taking spots away from Muller and from Bryce Wilson. That's just depth. That's all that is. And it's, yeah, a and that's not a thing with pitchers. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, there's no such thing as, as a bad one-year contract. The last couple one-year contracts right. 
Atlanta has signed, they've really paid out from, from, you know, Josh Donaldson being one of those guys, Marcelo Zuna, Cole Hamels, maybe not so much, but still. But you can't hit every single one of them. They are overwhelmingly successful on this strategy, Patrick. And you and I have talked a lot about who would come out this off season and take advantage of the unique situation and embrace doing things a little bit differently. And, uh, you know, these one year deals, they're just, they're the right way to go. They're smart. Even if you've got to overpay, cause I do think it's a little much for smiley, but it, it like we talked about the, the, <laughs> it's not just, is that how much the player's worth? It's what is the player worth to you? And what is the difference? If, if he's an $8 million player, but he solves a $14 million problem, then paying him $11 million for one year is the perfect way to go about it. And that's almost, that's exactly how I see the Drew Smiley contract. Like I saw everybody going, really? He's not worth that much. And like, you're right. He's not. But for the Braves, for whom he is a potential solidifying solid piece that make the floor of your starting rotation extremely high, like that's that's a great move. Not a good move, a great move. Even if Drew Smiley pitches – 75 innings for the Braves at a 480 ERA next year and doesn't work out because Charlie Morton probably will. Um, It's, it's yes, uh, they're they're doing it right. And it's exactly what you and I have talked about um, that maybe on a smaller scale, the Rockies can pull off their own version of this. What you said is exactly right as far as, you know, how much is this guy worth to you? Because Morton ended up getting the exact same amount of money for 2021 as he would have gotten from Tampa. Tampa said, we're going to decline that $15 million option. And Atlanta goes, yes, please. So, you know, and, and Morton ends up getting the exact same amount. Maybe he could have gotten more. Uh, I, I think he did a, good, did a good job of getting, you know, what he wanted in this market since, you know, values yeah. are, are kind of slipping down. Totally. But he gets to stay in Florida and, and, and go to spring camp there. Like that's something that guys value a lot. And you're right. It, it does make you think, you know, what does this mean for the Rockies? Or, you know, hey, if this team is doing that, and that, that's, an, that's a good exercise. And, and you and I, we do that, that all offseason and during the year as well. This idea of, okay, let's, what did the Cubs do? Or what did the Padres do? You know, what, how, about, how about the Brewers and, and Royals and White Sox? Okay, what would that mean for the Rockies? Or, or what would that look? Or should the Rockies do that? Just an exercise in thinking about that. And, and that was kind of what happened this morning. And it got me thinking that, you know, how many starters does, Col- does Colorado have right now? And, and you might say they only have five. They've, they've got their, their, that core four, a different, different core four, but the core four starting mm-hmm. pitchers. And Gray, Freeland, Marquez, Sensatella. You got half a guy, maybe Castellani. You say then there's two lost boys. Half a guy, yeah, half a guy, and and Peter Lambert because he's just coming back from Tommy John surgery, so you don't know what you're going to get. And then it's just a big question mark. Yeah, maybe Ryan Rawlson gives you something, but you can't rely on those guys. You shouldn't rely on those guys. You need to have that kind of. You need to have depth so that hey, if if worse comes to worse, you got to pull Rawlson up, even though you might not want to. That's okay because it's only for a short period of time. But as soon as one of those guys goes down, even Castellani or or Lambert isn't able to come back when you might hope midseason. Now, now who have you got? Who is starting games for the Colorado right. Rockies? So they're they're still going to need to do something. 
you know, this offseason, bringing in some depth pieces, bringing in a guy that can be a number five starter. And, and if it's really a, a number three type guy, you know, if it is like a Jake Odorizzi, who's a guy that, you know, I liked last, last offseason, no matter where you want to put him, again, it's it's only for one year, or even if it's for two years, that's okay. You're not really blocking anybody. Um, and also you, you, you're, sh- you're shoring up some of that depth. And like you said, okay, maybe he – this this pitcher might only be worth six or seven million dollars and in Odorizzi's case that might be true since he had a a a very down year in 2020 but how much is it worth to have somebody competent as your fifth starter because you know you got four guys there at least when they're healthy are 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 good good stuff right they're all around number two high-end number three starters and on a good day they all could be number ones on a good day but that number five spot in the rotation could be a black hole and how many games could that possibly cost you not just on your number five starter day but because that guy can only go one inning and you just sapped your bullpen and the dominoes begin to fall so there's a specific answer to that question and research the 2013 season to find out exactly how you can have three excellent starting pitchers and a group of position players who are generally they perform let's say better than these guys this group ever has or is projected to by like OPS plus or whatever if that's your your you know everybody knows about the lineup depth problems the current Colorado Rockies have but that team had the Jolie's De La Chatwood three-headed monster that could absolutely huck it and after that as you just put it a black hole and the torpedoes your season you can't operate that way uh, and so I, I really do hope they go out and, and find a guy like that. Uh, you know, and, and it's not going to be of the the Charlie Morton or even of the Drew Smiley quality, but that next level down could be an absolute godsend for this team where it may not necessarily feel like it right away. I was, so. I was critical at the time in 2018 because the only depth piece they added was Brett Oberholzer to, to the isotopes in 2018. And I was like, no, Oh man, no. no way. This team has such potential. So many opportunities. You got to add at least one more guy way better than the caliber of Oberholzer, who uh, I don't even think we saw suit up for the Rockies once. And as it turned out, the starters were healthy. It was, it, you know, it was was their one of their best seasons in, in starting pitcher history. But that's when everything goes right, and and you can't bank on that. You can't, right. you know, if, right. if everything goes right for the Colorado Rockies, they they have the potential to win the NL West. I think with this this team of guys where everything goes right, and you know that's right. not gonna happen. It's it's impossible. That that never right. happens. Right. Even in 2018, where people will tell you everything went right for the Colorado Rockies. Like, no, it didn't. A lot of things went right for them. An inordinate number of things, potentially. And you could look at their Pythag and say, on the grand, that team got lucky. But another thing that people would talk about is like, but like four games, you guys like, and you can't hand all of that. It's just like, if you split the difference, that team still makes the postseason, which I always think is funny. But yes, okay. They did outperform their expectations a little bit. They also got the worst season in John Gray's career. They lost Carlos Estevez for the entire year, all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, had those things not gone there, gone against them, then even more would have gone their way. And as Patrick pointed out, they would have won the NL West, but guess what? Not everything is going to go your way. So they got to be prepared, prepared for that. Uh, Something that teams are hoping is going to go their way this off season, Patrick, is that one DJ LeMayhew may end up choosing them 
for his future services. A few more teams have entered the fray today. I saw uh, a betting platform somewhere. I'm not quite sure that it was ours, but <laughs> there was one I saw that had the Toronto Blue Jays yes. as the leaders. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know what? I, I love it. I love the idea. And that's already that's a legit. fun team. So if he, uh, you know, I, I think it would be more fun for the people who are want to just continue re- rooting for DJ LeMahieu's success, but felt all kinds of weird about rooting for the Yankees. Um, if he goes to that fun Blue Jays team and becomes kind of the buttoned up dad on the super fun young kids with Bichette and uh, Guerrero running around and, and Vigio and all these guys, and he becomes kind of the father figure of that team or what i would just love that so much patrick i want this to happen please make this happen for me it it would be very interesting yeah i was i was surprised when i heard that toronto might be in on him i i think the the biggest thing going against him is just you know lemayhu's comfort level uh with 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 staying you know in new york city not new york state and i say new york state because that's also a major factor too any team we talk about how uh, we talk about how you know the Rockies are at a disadvantage playing at Coors Field. What that's like. At least you know the address of the place you're going to play at next sure. year. It's going to be 2001 <laughs> Blake Street. We that that's just a fact, and you know it. You know it's that's going to be the address in 2022. But where do the Toronto Blue Jays play next year? That is that is unknown. You might even say the same for 2022, but that feels even more like five five years away at this right. point. So are they going to have to play in Buffalo again? Cause if so, that that's not a, that, that's not going to be fun. Um, right. Are they going to have to do what the, the Toronto Raptors are doing and, and possibly, you know, be, be stationed out of Tampa because I, I don't think LeMahieu wants to play at, at, at Tropicana field or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that is a major hurdle that, you know, all, all free agents are going to have to get over if they want to sign with Toronto. So there could be a, there could be a serious Toronto tax with that. Now, of course, last week with Robinson Cano having tested positive for PEDs, he's going to miss all of the 2021 season. So that guarantees he's he's lost 24 million there. He lost eight million dollars the last time yeah. he was suspended. So we're now at 32 million dollars. And in fact, uh, in having a discussion with my father about this, I said, "Well, actually, he lost 42 million dollars in suspensions last year, or rather, this past season in 20, 2020." He lost money because there was only 60 games played. So right. there was that element. So he lost probably close to $15 million that year too. So that big 200 plus million dollar deal, you know, he's, he's lost got whittled down real quick. 60 mil. Absolutely. So that's money he's relying on that he's not yeah. going to get. And the Mets were relying on a, you know, uh, uh, somewhat of a star and, and still very capable of an all-star in Robinson Cano. They were counting on him to be their second baseman. Now, not so much. And you yeah. kept hearing, I have Trevor Bauer, JT Realmuto, even you could say George Springer, who's a guy who played at UConn. He's 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 local, if you will. Maybe they'll sign those top three free agents because they've got second base shirt up. But now, with Cano out of the picture, it sounds like the Mets might be in on the DJ LeMahieu sweepstakes as well. And even the Washington Nationals have expressed some interest. They lost Anthony Rendon last season. They still have a window with Scherzer, I believe, in the last year of his contract. Uh, Strasburg and Corbin have several more. 
he could be a good fit at, at first base, possibly, if you believe Carter Keeboom could be their third baseman. With Zimmerman now, you know, essentially a free agent, maybe they bring him back. But he could be a, a fit there. So you've got, you know, almost the entirety of the NL East and the AL East clamoring for LeMahieu's services. And this is gonna be this is gonna be a nice offseason for David John, I think. It's not gonna be a hundred million dollar offseason, but it it's gonna be a lot more than we've seen, I think, any Rockies free agent get uh ever. Just ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. And he's gotta go out and get what he can because uh, I'll tell you this much. Uh you know, I, I thought about this. Uh, I'll admit myself running into the thought of like, why would he leave New York? Why would he go away from that short porch in right field? That is the thing that has taken him from a damned good hitter to someone who people believe is one of the best hitters in all of baseball. And you know, I, you know, they think of him as like a power guy now. And, and he's just not is, you know, and he's not going to be in most of these other places. He won't be uh, in Toronto. He wouldn't be if he went to the Mets, um, obviously. And, you know, and I wouldn't wish going to the Mets on anybody. I know they're under new ownership. I know there's a lot of positivity out there right now. Show me a little something. I'm not being the first guy through that wall. I'm not volunteering for that you know what I mean? Other people want to do it fine. If it's me and, and my agent, and they're saying, Hey, you know, Mets now, Mets, whole new thing. They got all that stank off of them. I'm like, do they? They have all the stank. Well, let's find out. Let, uh, give me a minute with the Mets, but hey, money talks. I, and, and I'm telling you, it's funny because we've said the exact same thing about, uh, you know, like Nolan Arenado on the other side. And this is the thing is like, we know how competitive DJ LeMayhew is, we know how much he loves. The game of baseball and how low frills a guy is and and button up and he doesn't care about all this other stuff but i'm going to tell you this right here and right now folks he's going to go to the team that offers him the most amount of money over the most number of years and if somebody other than new york says look dj lemay he's not going to the hall of fame if there was a chance he was going to go to the hall of fame maybe he stays in new york tries to hit another 100 home runs 150 home runs that he wouldn't hit elsewhere for his career pad those stats do dj and I, and I know this is going to sound terrible to y'all folks dj lemay who does not care more about padding his career stats or about the fact that if he stays in new york he's probably more likely to win a world series than most other places than he will if he gets a great big honk and check because one he's been underpaid his entire career he's earned the right to go and get his money and two, this is probably the last chance. He's never going to have another opportunity like this ever again in his life to earn this kind of money. As Patrick just said, this is the summer of David John LeMahieu. Now is the time. Go get your money, young man. And, and if the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates are the team that says, we will give you the $110 million contract we know you're worth, then DJ LeMahieu should go play for the Pittsburgh Pirates because he's worth the money. And it, that's just how it goes, right? And so, again, I think it's it, – we like to believe. And I, I I did it myself. I tricked myself into why would he leave New York? His stats will suffer. And you know what? DJ knows that too. But for the right price, who cares what his stats look like? And, and it will be sad if he was to go – I think if he went to the Mets, he'd turn right back into the player he was in Colorado. And then there would be all kinds of interesting conversation to be had there. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's not a power hitter now. I thought the Yankees turned him into a power hitter. Like, no, no, still the guy he was, but 
other than the Mets, I want him to go anywhere he can make the most amount of money. <laughs> or or the Dodgers. Uh, or the Dodgers. You don't want him maybe sure. suiting up and, sure. and playing playing third base. But yeah, I mean, at 32 years old, I, I don't think anyone would have imagined LeMahieu would be set to make you know the the biggest contract of his career. In fact, there's even there's even a, a a chance that he could make more money in this contract than he has up to this point in his career, which right. doesn't happen for a lot of guys anymore at the age 32. And it doesn't happen for guys going into this next CBA agreement, you know, where things could change a little bit and the owners, you know, maybe they've got the players over the barrel and it doesn't happen in a pandemic where teams are, are really starting to kind of be a little chintzy. And again, the, the, the guys in the, the, the high end of the spectrum in free agency, they're going to get, you know, get paid not as well as you would have thought in the past, but they're going to get paid and, and it seems like DJ, you know, is, is going to be one of those guys that's going to get a lot more than probably anyone would have anticipated at this, this point, even two years ago. Yeah. Well, whoever ends up with DJ LeMayhew, they're going to have somebody who has all of the fantastic skills of the wacky stick, both on the baseball diamond and out there on the links and a hockey guy. No matter what, the, the you give DJ LeMayhew a wacky stick and he is going to be into it. And I bet you he's a WGT guy as well. Seems to me like the kind of guy that uh, while he's waiting in line at the bank getting ready to deposit his new $100 million check, uh, they don't give you a $100 million check up front when you sign one of those contracts. But if they did, it would be neat. And while he was waiting in line to pull, uh, to deposit it, he could be playing a little WGT golf. You download it for free, so that doesn't cut into the contract situation at all, at dnvrgolf.com. And starting this Friday through Sunday, we will be hosting the Candied Yam Classic at Marion. That's right, a fun Thanksgiving-themed tourney for all of you fine folks. All of our country clubs can participate, and better yet, anyone can win. All you have to do is join the DNVR4 Country Club. If you haven't played, head to Marion Golf Course and enter into the closest to the hole challenge. Submit your screenshot on our pinned Twitter, Twitter thread on DNVR Sports and email the info to info at dnvr.com. Once you have entered to win, we will choose a random winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt of their choice and a mask, and we will ship it straight to you. We're hosting a new course every week leading up to Christmas. The winners are picked every Monday, so you have got nothing to lose. Download WGT today totally for free at dnvrgolf.com. Join DNVR4 Country Club and head to the Candied Yam Classic at Marion. Hit some balls with the wacky stick. Get close to the pen. Send us your screenshot and jablamo, you win. So good luck out there on the virtual links. It's been fun. And yeah, free game, free to play. And all you got to do is send us your screenshot. You might win some stuff. You might actually make money playing this game. Yeah, this is a good one to get into too. Closest to the holes are the least stressful because it's not like, all right, how's my second shot? Oh gosh, I got to make this putt. Let me line it up. It's really just you whack it and you go, ah, that was that was close. It, it went in the bunker, but I was close enough to the greens you, you're going to feel good about yourself your 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 place in the standings might not be terribly high but you're you're not going to be as stressed as as you might normally and again we're talking stress for video games so it's yeah. you're not stressed at all uh, but this <laughs> is a good one candy am's classic I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, gonna be so much fun all right patrick let us get into our other primary topic of the day this is fun something you brought to my attention uh, our good friend thomas harding 
compiling some of the best or some of his favorite, certainly some of our favorite calls of the year. Not uh, a ton to celebrate this season for the Colorado Rockies, but still there are moments. That's one of the great things about baseball is it's always going to bring you those moments. Every year, if you follow along, you get a few of them uh, to just revel in. And with each moment comes a great call. I, I think it's you know kind of like the... They say that music is the the soundtrack to life, right? Music, it, I, I think in movies and television shows, oftentimes doesn't get enough credit. And people don't even realize like the emotion and the feeling that it's creating inside of you and how much that's adding to how you're feeling about what the characters are doing. That's how I feel about great calls in sports, that they're there and you hear them and you know that, that someone's doing it. But a, a truly great call can add to the moment and and be as much a part of your feeling and your experience as a fan as the moment itself. And so uh, today we get to celebrate some of our uh, our favorite peoples in the Rocky sports world. Yeah, we we got some real good ones too. I, I think that's that's something that we're we're blessed to have both on the radio side as well as on the TV side. And you know they they help paint a picture and, and you know, that that's important. Even I think when you're watching television, especially this season, because you know, there, right. there were, you know, some, some certain issues and, you know, like AT&T Sportsnet, they weren't actually able to send their own camera crews out. So it was this kind of relationship of, Hey, who's ever there in, you know, LA, you know, they, they might have an extra crew out of, of Dodgers folks to, to film the game and, and, some of the people that are working there at Dodger Stadium are filming the Rockies guys. Some are doing what they normally do, just covering the Dodgers. And, and you know, Drew and, and, and the rest of the crew there, Spilly, um, Huey, all those guys, they, they had to kind of talk about just what they could see in the camera. They weren't there looking and saying, oh, Bud Black's up on the top step. He's really thinking about, you know, making a move here on this pitch or, you know, the next one, it, it's it, – how much longer is he going to let him go here? I don't think he likes, he's, he's turning back, talking to somebody really painting that picture that they didn't have themselves. Right, you know? so, right. so I, I think just knowing the teams as well as, as all of these people do, you know, is, is a super huge advantage, obviously in a lot of ways and the relationships that they have with these people to know kind of, they can almost anticipate Bud Black being up on the top step, right. even though they don't have that confirmation. So you know we've we've got some some good ones and um, the the first clip that I, that I'm hoping to play here is is from is from the man on the radio at KOA Jack Corgan. Drew, like Drew you've been listening to him a lot longer than I have. What are your you know takeaways from from Jack Corgan? What are your, some of your memories you have of that that beautiful voice of his? Yeah, God, isn't it? It's it really is an unmistakable voice. It just and that's just. I wonder when I first met him, you know, and it's, it's remarkable. I don't know why I was thinking like his voice in real life might not actually sound like that or that. I don't know that, that there's something he does when he goes on the radio to make it more radio. -y. But that is just how Jack Corrigan talks. His voice fills up the room. Um, he's extraordinarily kind and, and warm and uh, giving in terms of, sharing stories about going back to his Cleveland days, which are some of my favorite things to, to hear him talk about uh, some of those really 
really talented Cleveland teams that he covered that never won. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I remember listening to his voice, you know, just as a kid and it, it being unmistakably linked to the Colorado Rockies. And, you know, it is it, with, with all due respect to everybody else that we're going to talk about here today, uh, all of whom I have a, a great deal of respect for Jack Corrigan for me is just, it's the voice I think of when I, when I think of Colorado Rockies play by play. Um, it is, it's just, he's just the best. He's extraordinary. And I was talking earlier about, um, you know, not being able to remove a call from an experience and Nolan Arenado's walk-off cycle and Jack Corrigan with back goes Slater, you know, that kind of stuff. Like he's just so good The the musicality and that's what it is. Maybe as a musician, that's what I appreciate so much about Jack Corrigan's voices. There's times where as a play-by-play man, you're, you're, you're almost singing what's happening in anticipation. Cause in baseball, there's a lot of, there's those anticipation noises. The ball hangs in the air. The fielder goes back. We're all waiting to see where that baseball is going to come down. And that's where Jack Corrigan shines. Yeah. For as long as he's been with Colorado, 18 seasons, it's only one year more than what, what he was doing in Cleveland. So it's amazing how, you know, how he's, he's had two lifetimes almost, in the business. So here's, here's a big one from big blast from Nolan Arenado against the Dodgers in LA from a couple years back. And you hear that touch them all time. That's right. It's his. Into the Dodgers bullpen. Touch him all time for the Rockies. They jump out to a three to nothing lead, three batters into the game. Sitting fastball, got it elevated. He did not miss it. Yeah, it's that high, and that's what I'm talking about when he's singing. Hits it high into the night, and we're and we're waiting for it to come down. But it's an it's anticipation without you know another guy. I think Drew Goodman gets, and I've been very much a part of this before. Way too much criticism for a guy who. Um, really does put in the work and do an extraordinary job. But there is that, I think one of the things that people get frustrated with Goodman about, and I I understand why, you remember every time he built too much anticipation or basically told you that a home run was being hit and then it gets caught, you know, on the warning track. And I I think this, that's how Corrigan um, evades that problem a lot is by using the sort of musicality in his voice to hint at the possibility of the home run but if it is caught on the warning track, he hasn't totally given away the game. It's in high. It's in deep. But he'll settle underneath it. It's still there for you if you need it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love that. And, and again, you know, Arenado doing that off of Clayton Kershaw, you know, you, you just hate to see that. That's a shame. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. But those yeah. are some good days. Well, as you mentioned, Drew Goodman has take a good look. You won't see it for long. And we've got another – interdivision rival actually no it's this is this is against the mets from uh charlie blackman big at bat no surprise lefty on lefty here let's go to it drew goodman not to be confused with drew creaseman or drew butera any of the drews that we have in this market maybe maybe one too many 
little quiet on the audio but yeah you know take a good look you won't see it for long is is an andre i'm not in general a, a fan necessarily of having to do the the same call every time though i think if you're gonna have them make them good and these ones are are solid you know i, I actually do think i was just building up jack corrigan touch them all time i love hearing him say it it's it's a great you know touch them all time here in denver or wherever you happen to be uh, but no, he didn't, he didn't come up with that. Touch them all is, is, is a long time phrase for when, when you're going to hit a home run, you, you touch all the bases. That's, it's been a phrase since before Jack Corrigan. And, and I got to give credit here to, to Drew Goodman for take a good look. You won't see it for long. That's, that's a quality. Like, I actually do think that's the best of them of, of the home run calls. Um, and, and I know people, again, they get frustrated with Goodman you, you've probably heard it a million times by now, so it gets old. I, I wish you would do it 70% of the time. Or something. What's the, um, here, here, where we're at, 4407, and this is going to be maybe our most obscure one ever. It's it's Michael Cole going, oh, my. Every time there's a big move or a surprise return. or so, It's like, you know, if it, it, I just wish you would save the take a good look. You won't see it for long for like the big ones because it's a great call it is the ball is in the air for three or four seconds that is your opportunity to get a good long look at that one because after that it's over baby it is out of that's a great call it's a great call how would you feel if like you said okay scale it back a little bit maybe maybe you don't say it quite as as frequently what if he he went more of of the right of of uh, Mr. Mr. Sterling there in uh, John Sterling in New York, where he had a different home run call for each and every guy, one better <laughs> or worse, depending on how you know how you look at it. You know, every time after, like, it, would that do anything for you, or would you like it just sprinkled in with just something just something quirky? Would would that maybe fill in that that extra thirty percent? Would that be unique enough for you? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be great. It'd be perfect. Yeah, every guy got a little thing. But then for those big ones, for the one where it swings the game, it wins the game, it gets the Rockies back in the game. That's where you just do your take a good look. Yeah, I love it. I love. It. I think we've. I think we figured it out. That's our we'll homework. That's our homework this off season is we need to have some Sterling isms for every guy in the Rockies, and when we do a game recap, you love know, it. we we I can't I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Well, Charlie we Blackman. Hey, that's a Jackman, Charlie Blackman. It's so bad. It's, it's bad. But 25 to go. Yeah, there, there's a couple <laughs> people out there that, that that's a Jackman for Charlie Blackman. Oh, are you feeling iry? Because that's a Jackman for Charlie Blackman. All right, there we go. You're right. 25 more to go. I'm Actually, saying. Great. I'm nailing these. I'm one for one. Right. <laughs> I see no problems. One other thing I want to say about Drew Goodman also that I think is uh, super cool is when he you know, started up his podcast, he actually asked me some questions. You know, a guy who's been doing this for however long and he's won however many awards and, and you know, does what he does. We forget also that he broadcasts a lot of non-Rockies things. He does football. He does plenty of other stuff out there. And so um, but he's also not above, you know, coming to for him some kid and saying, hey, I'm about to start a podcast and 
you know, asking me a couple of questions about just the lay of the land of the, the podcast world. So great guy um, and great call. Well, this one is uh, another great call, kind of underrated. It might be missing the little intro, maybe the outro, but I just feel like it 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 slams for those in the know here in Colorado that have seen and witnessed a home run at Coors Field. Maybe you know what it is. There she is. Fire up the fountains. Fire up the fountains. I I think that's that's kind of underrated in a sense. Because you go, oh, yeah, that is a big thing. Like when you think when a home run is a hit at Coors Field, like what could you say? All right, I got to do something about the mountains, not something about the sky, these interesting cloud formations. Well, what does what does Coors Field have? It doesn't have the apple popping out of the top hat like at, mm. at City Field and previously Shea. It's, it's got the fountains in center field. That's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I remember the first time I heard her say this one. I was like, yep. Nailed it, Jenny. That's it's tough to just enter into the fray with your your with a new one with, with your first one. And like you said, the best thing about that is that it's you know specific to Coors Field and and to to the team that it, that it's team specific. I ju- I just love that about it. I don't know if she can. I guess you can't do it when you're out on the road, and maybe that's part of what will help keep it um, fresh and and keep it good. Like we were just talking about, right? Like Goodman's gets a little overused, but. She, she's got to have something else when she's out there on the road. And so, yeah, I, I uh, she's only called a, a handful of games as our friend Jenny Kavnar. I hope she'll get to do more. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the fire up the fountains is just so good. It's got that very satisfying uh, alliteration to it. But it's a, it's a great thing that you can yell in excitement, fire up the fountains. Uh, but it's also, yeah, I, definitely my favorite thing about it is that it's specific to the team and, and where they play. And it's, it's theirs, right? The, a lot of these home run calls, you could do, you cross apply them to anybody. Touch them all time could be the Reds home run call. You know, take a good look. You won't see it for long would work just fine for the Mariners. Uh, but fire up the fountains can really only be the Rockies thing. Uh, they're the only team that has a bunch of fire. No, not fire. The fires don't go up. The, the well, go up. Oh, yeah. Well, we do have fires uh, here in Colorado, really? but yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so, like you said, it, it's it's you could you could fit those phrases in anywhere, and that that ties in with our next one really well. We kind of heard on the end of Jack Corrigan's call, uh, our our old pal Jerry Schemmel, um, Jerry. And, and, and this is his replacement, uh, another good buddy of ours, uh, Mister Mike Rice. That uh, is is a newer one that you might be familiar with. He has been doing games in the past, of course, but this year you probably heard it a lot more frequently. All right. Over and out of here. I like you know, it. It's, it. What I like is he's not trying too hard. That's what I like about no. that, right? Is he's not trying to reinvent the wheel, not trying nope. to – you might not even think like it was necessarily a thing, but over and out of here I think works again. It, it allows you the, the opportunity to build the anticipation and say it at the moment the ball crosses, and it's over and out of here. and. I, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's classic. It's a very classic. Mike is – I love Mike. we got to have him on the show before too long. But uh, he's he's a very classic baseball guy in that way and, and I think a classic radio guy. And, and he's 
Um, I would be willing to bet that we'll have to ask him about this, that it's probably even an homage to somebody. It's, it's a slight variation on a hero of his or something. I, I have no way of knowing that. I would just be, I'd be curious to know because it seems like it, you know, just a very, very classic baseball phrase. Yeah. And, and I like it for that reason, because I, I'd imagine, you know, I, I've, I've done play by play. I, I called collegiate baseball for, for a summer uh, up here in Boulder for the collegians. And that, that was fantastic. And, you know, the, your first inkling is to go, I got to hit a home run with this one, you know, figuratively speaking on something quite literal and you, yeah. you got to go crazy on something. And, and if you miss the mark, it sets a big swing and miss and you go, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe too much, right? Like where, where do you kind of, you know, pull the reins in, in a little bit. And I think Mike just hit a hit a, a line drive, double off the wall, stand-up double in the second base. That overtime, you know, with, the more you hear it, the more he goes, man, he's going to stretch that thing into a triple. And you go, man, it's, it's fantastic, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I think, like you said, it's 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 classic. And it's hard because there's, there's only so many words in the dictionary, only so many can be evocative. <laughs> Right. Of, of of the yesteryear and isn't isn't over the top and isn't very much now you know yeah. Um, yeah page me on my beeper i'm gonna use my flip phone to tell mama about that one it's gone <laughs> You're like all right we get it you called right you play by play in 1999 totally. very clearly but no not not mike rice and and our buddy uh will pointing out Oh, we forgot about somebody, but we didn't. He was next. The first guy to do play-by-play for the Rockies, and Mr. Charlie Jones. We've Lord actually God. got a clip. Again, great work here by uh, our, our pal Thomas Harding for getting this clip of EY Sr. homering off of the Expos, Kent Bottenfield, who would later be a Rockies pitcher, uh, in fact, that season. So let's hear Charlie Jones do his best impersonation of, well, I guess of Charlie Jones, because he was the first, right? Mm, yeah, right. Another classic voice. Just sounds like it's from a, another era, doesn't it? Uh, Mile high and out of here. That's, if that was, And if that was hard to hear, it's probably because there were 165,000 <laughs> people in the stadium <laughs> that yeah. day. So, yeah. I mean... That's going to be hard even for a microphone to pick up if it's right next to your face. I, I love yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, mile high and out of here. It, it's almost too bad he took the, the best and, and most obvious one right away, right, so that nobody else could have it. But it's it's great. Uh, it's it's it, it walks that right line between a little too on the nose and obvious, but also so perfect that if you didn't, I mean, why? Come on. <laughs> Mile high, you hit the ball high in the air to get it over the wall. Let's not overthink things here. <laughs> could you, could you, could that have still existed? I think it could have, but I don't know. Could it have still existed at Coors Field if, if he hadn't used that? I mean, I, I, sure, I sort of, yeah, it works better, but yeah, I see, I see. I mean, obviously point. we're at, we're at we're at a mile high, you know, above sea level. But I feel like if you were to do that, some folks listening in would go, "Well, they don't play at mile high, at least not anymore. They play at Coors Field, right?" And and I think you could have some people being like, "Ah, like nah, not like like maybe over overlooking at it, over examining it too much." And I think in a way, it it might not exist, you know. And I think there's something. Um, well, it's not timeless, but it's definitely 
you know, um, it, it definitely just harkens back just to those two years, not even an era, just those two years. And in some day, right. you know, if, if the time comes and, and, and Coors Field becomes no more and the Rockies end up moving somewhere else, fire up the fountains will be that, you know, for the Rockies. And you go, oh man, that was a, that was a beautiful way of, of summarizing or, or capturing this moment, this home run, because that was very much of the time at Coors Field. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think you're right. I think it could have worked elsewhere. Could still work at Coors Field if you wanted to say mile high and out of here. Just not quite as well. Would take a good drink. You won't see it for long. I don't know. There's probably they probably don't want to do beer puns too much. <laughs> oh, okay, for Coors Field. Yeah. Oh, he really <laughs> cracked right. open another one there. Right. Like, what are you? Yeah. What are you? What are you even doing there? So, uh, and of course, we've got to have. Uh, a shout out to <laughs> my good friend and yours, Mark Stout. Can't believe it didn't make the list for he swung and he did not miss. I love Mark Stout. I love Mark Stout forever and ever and ever. That was such a weird home run call. I, I actually, I, what I love, it, it is sort of like, <laughs> what's it like self-effacing, I guess. Just, just like. Hey, he swung and he didn't miss. What do you want from me? You want over analysis? He he moved the bat. He hit the ball. It went a long way. Uh, he swung and he did not miss. Fair Can't enough. argue with that. How about Breck Bruya Arenado cracks open a 15-can <laughs> sampler all over Clayton Kershaw, and the Rockies go up 16-2 to here in the bottom of the first. That, that would wow. be for opening day. That would yeah. be for opening day this right. next year. Right. Anticipatory. I like that. Oh, absolutely fantastic. All right. <laughs> uh, on that note, let us know your uh, favorite home run calls and least favorite home run calls. I cannot stand Hawk Harrelson's. I know some people love it. It's like nails on a chalkboard to me. You could put you it on the board. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what? you don't have to do it, but you're going to. I, I know. I didn't go full hawk. I didn't go full I hawk. I just did it at like thirty percent. No, I really <laughs> appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> there, there are a few others, but yeah, let us know. And uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast and live show, remember it's the DFA show because it's Wednesday, and so we're live every day, Monday through Friday at four oh five p.m. on Periscope and Facebook. But on Wednesdays, also there on the YouTube, and you got to join us for this if you are a fan of what is it. Food? Food. Food? Is that a... You pronounce it that way, yeah. 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 If you with enjoy food... With the umlaut, with the two food. dots above the U. Food. Like football. Food. Yeah. Food. And so we will be talking food. In fact, we will be drafting our favorite ballpark foods in celebration of this day of giving thanks that is surely... Well, not surely. It, I mean, I guess it, I guess it is surely. It's like I gotta, it's surely soon upon us. No, it just is. It's it's there. It's right there. It'll be there, and we'll be eating some food. We'll be talking about our favorite ballpark foods, having a lot of fun. So come and make sure that we don't miss anything. That you get to tell us who's got the best team, who's got the best foods. Going to have a few other friends from the DNVR squad along for the ride. So make sure you join us for that. Make sure you're following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D Lions, at dnvr underscore rockies of course you've got to subscribe to the dnvr.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content including uh the rocks and roll series it's going to be picking right back up here very soon more stuff on the coors field conundrum as we dive deeper and deeper into those numbers and i've got a few extra special thoughts i've decided 
turn that Lost Boys idea into an article, I think. It's got to be a little more solidified. We've got a little bit of definition on who these players are, why they hold the key to the franchise, one way or the other. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, if you want to get all that, you got to be subscribed to the DNVR.com. Now is the time to get that done. And, of course, Wild the Innocent bringing us in with uh, – taking us out, I should say. The little Jack Buck. We'll see you tomorrow night. I mean – It's applicable. That's well, right. Or, although 405 isn't necessarily night. But yeah. we'll see you before your dinner tomorrow afternoon. We're almost as good as Jack Buck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said it with the same amount of enthusiasm, too. You can tell. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Nailed it. And on that note, we just want to thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise you we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>